Isn't it amazing that God is our forever friend? Amen. God is our friend. I'm just going to get myself situated up here, you all. All right. Praise God. It's good to see everybody. It's so good to see everybody. So let us go right into our prayer. Gracious and holy God, thank you for being our forever friend. Thank you that we can always count on you. Hand in hand, you have walked with us, been patient with us, pursued us, forgiven us, transformed us. And Lord, we confess that as much as you have been our friend, we still have so much work to do to be your friend. Help us to listen, learn, grow, and find our true love and the greatness of your love. Give us what we need. We thank you and we honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. I again am so glad to see all of you. Yesterday was a rough day, my friends. Uh, Mary Jane's grandson, Antonio, was in a car accident. He had a broken femur and had to have surgery. And, and Vicki Grimm's sister had a massive heart attack. So I get to University Hospital and I say, I've never been in a hospital and had two families at the same time. Look to the left, the Jameses, look to the right, the Grimm family. <laughs> but God is good. Antonio is doing okay. Vicky's sister who came in with no pulse, no pulse. She was responding to the doctors. I'm not sure if she blinked her eyes or whatever she did, but she gave them enough of a movement that they are still caring for her and she's still here. We cannot take for granted that we have the next day. We cannot take for granted that we will see each other tomorrow. So I say, I love you today. I love you all today. Thank you. I love you and I'm always glad to see you all. So we're in the second sermon of our sermon series. And what's the name of it? I Live to Worship. And last week we talked about praising God from the wilderness. And we spoke of the different types of worship. So John well. And as we learn Psalm 62, here I go, 63, and John 4, we will explore God's love. Say God loves me. God loves me. Yes, he does. All day, every day. So today we're going to focus on this message on the greatness of God's love. God's love is great, isn't it? Yes. So King David starts out in the Psalm 63, verse 3 today, and he says, Because your love, say it with me, because your love, because is, love. is better than life, better than life. My, lips my lips will glorify you. Pause for a moment and let that sink in. He's saying, God's love, God's love, not our love, God's love, his loving kindness surpasses the very essence of life itself. That's how good God's love is. This is saying God's love is more precious and valuable than anything else in all of existence. We as humans have gotten a lot of things twisted in this world, haven't we? So they never don't get it twisted. You see, we can tend to think that we are the most important. 
We think money is the most important. We think our careers are the most important. Our relationships are the most important. We think all of these things are more important than God's love. But when all is said and done, say when all is said and done, without God's love, nothing else matters. So King David again says, your love is better than life. King David is a king, y'all. He has money. He commands armies. He has all the servants he could ever want or need. He can have any woman that his heart desired. He has jewels. He has land. He has power. He has everything at his disposal. And when he's sitting down in the wilderness moment that he is having while he is writing this song, he says, your love is better than life. A king said that, y'all. He has everything. And I want to give us a side note because if we all remember something else about King David, King David was known to worship. King David was the one who took his clothes off and danced before the Lord. The songwriters were right. I want to dance like David danced. David lived a life of worship. He said again in Psalm 63, verse 3, because your love is better than life, my lips, my lips will glorify you. That means everything that I say will glorify God. Everything that comes out of my mouth will glorify God. So let's just take a moment and think about how we worship this past week. How everything that came out of our mouths did it glorify God? How'd y'all do this fast week? Can anybody confess you had some struggles? Oh, Lord, y'all. It was a tough week. It was a hard week. Anybody want to just share a moment? No. Just a, anybody, anybody want to share something? Oh, I thought we'd be putting our hands. She took her hand down. You don't want to share with me? <laughs> we all know that being a Christian is one of the toughest jobs we will ever have. You see, we think being a parent is hard. It's hard work being a parent, isn't it? We think being a kid is married or being a spouse is uh, being a spouse is hard. All those things are hard, but being a Christian and really walking the walk and talking the talk, oh, that's hard work, y'all. The Lord was working on me through this message. He said, now you know you're going to get up here on Sunday, so you better act like you got some sense this week. Because I was in some places, and I was like, Lord Jesus, steal my tongue. Steal my tongue. You are driving me crazy. When we think of God's love, my friends, how does the realization of how much God loves us change the way we approach worship. Let's think about it. Do you all remember the first time you fell in love? Y'all remember that? I was so happy. June Phillips' son and her daughter-in-law are here today. And they don't even know I'm about to pick on them. The Lord was going to give me somebody who was talking about their wedding today. They shared with me as they came in today. They said they've been married for 10 years. 10 Deborah and Kirk Phillips have been married for 10 years. Do y'all remember 10 years ago? 
Do y'all remember when y'all was all dummy eyed and dummy dummy? <laughs> Anybody else remember those days when you know you're, you you had butterflies in your stomach when you saw the person and your smile just lit up as soon as that person walked in the door? I still remember Terrence and our first date, and we, we was arguing about this the other day because he swears that I had on one outfit, but I told him I really had on another outfit. <laughs> we can't even remember what I had, but we both liked the outfit. <laughs> I mean, when we meet that someone special, we, we, we put on our special clothes, don't we? We can all dress up, we make sure our hair is done, and the guys get a fresh cut, and our hair looks good, we speak in our best smelling cologne and our perfume to wear that day. We present our very best. We don't go in our own routine. How many of y'all in your families talked about you when they knew you was in love? Your mama was like, oh, I see you getting dressed up for this one. <laughs> your daddy said, oh, she must be somebody special that you getting all fancy for. Do you realize that God never shows up and gives us his worst? God always shows up and gives us his absolute best. He gives us what is the best. Say the best. God gives us the best unconditional love, the best attitude, the best listening ears, the best heart, and the best forgiveness. Even, say even, even, when we think God isn't listening, when we think God isn't answering our prayers, when we think nothing is happening, yeah. our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is moving mountains for us. Since we have a God who loves us so greatly, those butterflies never leave God. When he looks at us, he always says, I love you. I love you. So when we receive that type of that type of love, our worship should never be routine, should it? It shouldn't be mere routine. Our worship should be a heartfelt response of the overwhelming gift of God's love. Let's look a little bit more at how David reacted. You see, David's immediate response to God's surpassing love was continuous praise. He lifted his hands up in the air. How many of us like to lift up our hands in the air and say, I love you, Lord? Now, I asked y'all last week to, you know, when you was in the grocery store, did anybody see you like this? I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Did anybody? None of us got our prayer. Okay, one in the back. <laughs> one in the back. Was you at work like hallelujah anyhow? Did you say a hallelujah? Did you say thank you, Jesus, at any moment last week? You see, David's response was to live a life of continuous praise and lifting up God's hands, uh, lifting up his hands in God's name. And he was never embarrassed. Tell your neighbor he was never embarrassed. In Psalm 63, verse 4, he says, I will praise you as long as I live. Say that with me. I will praise you as long as I live. Then he says, and in your name, say in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will lift up my hands. David was a life of worship. 
True worship, if we go back to that Samaritan woman that we learned about last week when Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, and he taught her about being a true worshiper. Y'all remember that? You see, true worship flows. You don't have to force somebody. When they love God, you don't have to force them to worship. Matter of fact, some of y'all, when y'all sitting in worship, you, you pat your foot, you, you feel something, you just got to get up out your seat. Nobody said get about your seat to worship. You got about your seat. Your body just moved. It was a natural flowing of the experience of God's love. You see, when we worship, we experience God. Think about that. When we worship, we experience God. Worship is not dependent. Say not dependent. It's not contingent. Say not contingent. On our because we can have some rough circumstances, can't we? Worship is just like love. It's unconditional. Say unconditional. You see, worship is rooted in the unchanging nature of God. Some folks worship is dependent. How many of y'all have heard of unconditional love? But how many of y'all have received conditional love? <laughs> you see, our worship should be like unconditional worship. But sometimes our worship can be dependent, conditional. It's like, God, did you answer my prayers? Then I can get my worship on. You got a you got a a, a job that you wanted? Oh, you hallelujah, hallelujah. But you didn't get that job. God don't love me. Y'all know how we get. If God answers our prayers, then our worship is up high. But if God doesn't answer our prayer, like we want our prayer to be answered, all of a sudden we don't have no worship anymore. That's conditional worship. Can't go to church. Why can't you go to church? Oh, because those folks is getting on my nerves. and I don't like sister such and such and brother such and such and all of these things. That is conditional worship. Can't open your Bible. Your Bible got dust on top of it. Can't pray. Those are all conditional styles of worship. You see, when we love Jesus and we understand just how much he loves us, our worship is unconditional. We will worship God in all circumstances. We lost our job. We like, hallelujah, Lord. Our, our spouse is acting crazy. Hallelujah, Lord. I, I love him anyway. Our kids are off the hook, and we still worship God. That's the kind of worship the Lord is looking for, the true worshiper. How can we, like King David and like the Samaritan woman, make our praise genuine? Say genuine. And continuous. Say continuous. Continuous. How can we make our worship, regardless of our circumstances, how can we lift our hands in true worship, expressing our gratitude, say gratitude, of God's boundless love. He he loves us so much, doesn't he? You know, in order to answer these questions, I want us to look a little bit more deeper about this Samaritan woman. Because remember, I told y'all, she was at the well. She had married five different men. She had a tough life. She was lost. 
one of those people that was looking for love in all the wrong places. Can anybody get an amen? Have you ever looked for love in the wrong place? Jesus is talking to this woman and he is teaching her about worship. He said, God is spirit. Tell your neighbor, God is spirit. Then he says, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Say those two together, spirit and truth. You can't worship God in spirit only, and you can't worship God in truth only. Spirit and truth go together. They are partnership, spirit and in truth. Worship is not a mere ritual or checklist. We can't come here like, oh, I sang my song. Oh, I read my scripture. Oh, I, I heard the message. I'm good to go. No, tell your neighbor, you're not good to go. <laughs> We have to connect with Jesus. Our worship is a heartfelt, say heartfelt. It's a heartfelt response to the greatness of God's love. Our whole being, say whole being, is involved in our worship. Our emotions, our hearts, our physical bodies, our souls, our minds, our entire selves, say entire selves, are involved in worship. But we can't just get caught up because some of us get so caught up in the spirit. We all, we all the way up in the heavens. I love that saying, you, what is it? You so heavenly minded, you know earthly good. <laughs> you so good at your worship, but you don't ever open your Bible and understand the truth. We need the truth of the living word of God to make it all make sense. Tell your neighbor, make it make sense. Make it make sense. These things go together. We are worshiping not just any God. We are worshiping the one living true God. And that means something. Tell your neighbor it means something. You see, our worship should be characterized by authenticity, sincerity, and a genuine connection. Say connection. With God's spirit. Jesus said God is spirit. God is spirit. And we have to connect with God's spirit. We're not just connecting with any old spirit. You can't come to God any way you want to come to God. We're connecting with God. Amen. We're connecting with God's spirit and the truth of who God is. You see, think about that Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman went to the well. She wasn't expecting to see anybody. She wasn't expecting anybody to be at the well. But she got to the well and she encountered Jesus Christ. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but when Jesus is explaining himself to this woman and he's talking to her about God being spirit and worshiping in the midst of spirit and in truth, the woman says something really special. Now, this is next week's scripture, y'all. The woman says, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, she says, he will explain everything to us. The woman is waiting. Get the, get the thought here. The woman is waiting for the Messiah. She is waiting for understanding. She wants to worship and she's standing in front of the Savior and she doesn't know it, y'all. Jesus is right. How many of us are in the presence of he has no idea want to find Jesus and they still can't connecting with us 
We have to do our part. Souls to the living God. We have to understand that we can't do nothing in this world without connection is made with the Savior. How's that connection made? It's, it's by saying, you see, when we say that, we, that's how we made that connection. The connection. Stop struggling. Since we don't hurt songs, and this you gonna show up today, Lord. <laughs> like y'all still there when I showed up. He was already there before I got there. He was there when I left out the door. Amen. He showed up and he answered prayers. But even if those prayers didn't get answered, guess what? He still showed up. And he answered the prayer in the way he wanted to answer the prayer. The power of the Holy Spirit is real. And we can see Jesus daily if we would just but look. Tell your neighbor to look. He shows us his unconditional love, his sacrifice, his care, his everything. And we still struggle. Tell your neighbor, you're still struggling to connect. You see, we look at this world. This world is so discouraging. It is so hard to believe in the Lord when we look at the world around us. That's why we got to look up. Stop looking around. Look up to the Savior, amen. Put your hands up in the air and look up. It's hard to look around and look down when your hands is up like this and you looking up. And being reminded that I'm here to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. We connect with the Holy Spirit. We connect with Jesus, my friends. And we cannot experience worship in spirit and truth without the one and only Jesus Christ. Amen. We cannot experience worship without the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God has a great love for us, doesn't he? Tell your neighbor, God's love is so great. And if we just would take that truth with us wherever we go, we would be transformed to be reminded, Lord, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's happening, you love me and I love you. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we pray, Holy Spirit, that our lips would glorify you continuously, Lord Jesus. As we go into this week, Lord, we already know it's going to be challenges. It's going to be people that come our way. It's going to be events and circumstances that are going to try to prevent our praise and our worship. But we pray, Holy Spirit, that we would say, get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Help our praise and our worship to be genuine. Help our response to be uplifting and encouraging. Help us to lift our hands, Lord, and say hallelujah. Anyhow, we, Lord, we worship you in spirit and truth, and we connect with you in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah.